You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Critical Mass Business Talk Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This is episode number 1,316. I'm excited to have my friend as a guest, Karen Bigman. She's the founder of Sweet Solutions by Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, Rick. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. You know, you're the founder of Sweet Solutions by Karen. And I, I wonder if you could share with our audience, what was the inspiration and motivation for you to start this business? So I, I'm going to back up a bit because it started a few years ago about, I guess, I, 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 we all lost track of the last year and a half, but I'm going to say about seven years ago, um, I came up with a concept for a completely different business, which was a divorce coaching and consulting business. Um, as a result of having gone through my own divorce, I met a lot of women who were really struggling with the managing the process of divorce. So I, um, I certified in coaching so that I could help with the emotional side. And then I, I launched this business and um, to try to help literally manage the financial piece and the, and the, all the multitude of, of people that uh, were part of the divorce team. Uh, and what I found was that uh, number one, uh, I talked to a lot of people who had been through very difficult divorces and they saw the value in having uh, a service like mine to the point they were all, oh my goodness, I wish that I had had somebody like you in my life when I went through my divorce. And so they really validated this concept. But when I would start to meet with, uh, with the prospective clients, they were absolutely in agreement that, that it seemed like a great service, but they were terrified to spend money. And they didn't realize what they were about to face. And so I found it very, very challenging. Um, and so I, I, I kept plugging at it and trying different, different ways to do it. Um, and what actually the, the, the part of the, um, the difficulty also was, you know, people talk about aligning with your purpose and doing what you love. And uh, when I finally started to really think about it, I just, I wasn't enjoying it and I wasn't really loving what I was doing. It was a great service and I was helping a lot of people, but fundamentally in my heart, I didn't really want to be there. People don't want to be going through divorce. People are, you know, it's, it's very sad and very hard. And because of that, it, the business wasn't succeeding. And I just kept, kept trying and trying. And I was like, I was about at the five year mark. And I said, I don't want to be one of those statistics, but at the same time, you know, if, if, if I keep doing this, I'm banging my head against the wall. So I, so I stopped, ironically, I stopped right before quarantine started. So mm. I just said, okay, I, I need to figure this out. And I took that time because everybody got a chance to really, you know, for better or for worse, to take some time to really reflect. And I thought about what, what it was that I really, not just what I learned from my experience with my business, but what did I really like to do and what, I, what did I really want to do moving forward? And what I thought of was that I loved the business of business. And mm. that was the piece that I took away. And I said, all right, that's, if that's what I'm going to do, how do I do this? And um, I just started you know, doing research and listening and reading. And um, from that in the summer last year, I hung up my shingle and here I am. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about what it is that this, so you're a serial entrepreneur. So welcome to the community <laughs> as a serial entrepreneur. Okay. We all have our stories. So I'm sure as an early stage company now, you've faced your share of 
challenges early on. So let's talk a little bit about this incarnation of your entrepreneurship and the challenges that you've faced. So I met someone along the way this past year who who said to me, um, getting your first three clients, first two, one or two clients is not that hard. It's the, but what really validates your business is the third client. And it's so interesting because when I started the business, um, I tapped into all of my uh, divorce network uh, business owners. And really, I worked with a few of them starting out, you know, just offering my services for free and then gradually um, working up to, to charging more. And uh, I got to a point where I had a great um, I, ha- I had a great client and I had, you know, loved the work. Um, but all of a sudden that gig ended and I hadn't done any, you know, business development and I didn't know where to go with it. So that was, that was a big challenge. And then the other, um, piece, which was really related was, uh, the thing that I think just about every entrepreneur that I've spoken to does in the beginning, and that's trying to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. And, um, I tried really, I, when I was working with my, my client for the first part of this year, uh, I was working as her general business manager, doing everything from you know her business strategy with her to you know fi- helping her fix her marketing pipeline to, to putting in technology systems to doing everything, and um, it became very clear that uh, that's not scalable. <laughs> so uh, that was also you know one of the things that that I really really learned uh, in the first year. <laughs> So let's talk about what it is your firm does. Talk to us about Sweet Solutions by Karen. So what I have been focusing on now is really helping that um, overwhelmed entrepreneur or business owner who is at a stage where business is really growing, uh, but but they're in this place of completely um, frustrated and exhausted because they're doing everything. So... I try to help them find the time and the mental space to really focus on the high impact part of the business. So looking at what are the, you know, let's say the top three to five bottlenecks in the company that we can really get, you know, get clearer on and try to make either more efficient, more effective, or take off your plate altogether so that you can go and do the business that you set out to do rather than all the other stuff that you hate. (laughs) And what is it about doing this that you find so fulfilling and a part of your kind of why and purpose? I love um, kind of making sense of chaos. I love picking people's brains and seeing what, like, what, what's really going on here. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this too, where often what the business owner or anybody thinks the problem is, is really not what the problem is. And so really saying, you know, whatever the case may be, like how, how, how can we figure out what it is that what it really is that's going on here? And is there a solution that would make your life simpler? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, you know, a, a client the other day we were talking, uh, he was saying how he's, you know, working nights and weekends and he's completely overwhelmed and he's a, a real creative type. Uh, and he needed to hire a virtual assistant and I, and he or she would fix everything. And right away, like <laughs> my antenna went up and I, and I, you know, I, I tried to explain because I think that is, uh, you know, what a lot of business owners think. Well, they think someone else is going to solve their business problems, but they don't even haven't really even identified what those necessarily are. And they go out and hire somebody, you know, right away. And then that doesn't turn out to work, turn out very well. 
Interesting. So um, people might have noticed, maybe not, that your accent is is not necessarily a Orange County accent. <laughs> One of the beauties, and it just comes through just ever so slightly. Uh, but I know you, so I know the answer to the story. Um, let's one of the values of being an entrepreneur is you get to choose a bunch of different things, business model being one of them, also business location being another. Let's let's talk about your decision to relocate into Orange County. Can you give us a little bit of background? Um, yes. I mean, I so I actually am originally from from Canada, from Montreal. So my my, my accent is like all over the place. Um, and I moved to uh, to New York in uh, <laughs> to go to graduate school. And I lived there for forever and raised my children there. Um, and I guess the last whatever the last year and a half, it's been tough for everybody. And and despite having you know the means to live in a, in a nice place in New York, the walls start closing in. And this was always the place that was my happy place. And because I've always worked remotely, so this was not a challenge from a business perspective for me. I came out here as soon as I got vaccinated and said, you know, I would much rather be looking at the ocean than the Holland Tunnel. Mm. <laughs> and I had the good fortune of finding a place that's right in Laguna Beach, which is a just an amazing, amazing place. And I'm every day I love what I'm doing and I love where I am and I'm the people I'm meeting. And so it's been, it's been great. And it's great to have you in our business community here in Orange County. So let's look back at Sweet Solutions by Karen. Um, interesting, you launched it in the, in the midst of the pandemic. Was there ever a moment in time when you might've felt that even this business maybe was a mistake? Like maybe this wasn't the right thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of goes back to what I was saying before about getting your first, you know, your third client, so to speak. Uh, when I had pretty much tapped all my business owners from the divorce world, and then I went to the, well, why would anybody ever hire me for anything? This was a stupid idea. There's a million business consultants. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to want it. And I really did say, okay, like maybe I'll just go, you know, become a surfer in, <laughs> in California. But I, that wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna do it for me. So I, I found my way back. But yeah, I think I think we all face that at some point because oh, yeah. it's really easy to start a business, um, but it's really hard to create a successful business. And that is a quote worth quoting. And uh, <laughs> thank you for that because you are absolutely right. And the world didn't need another company like yours. You have to force your way into the market, and especially in the early days, it takes a lot of energy and determination to be a successful entrepreneur. And I applaud you for what you're doing, as well as being able to relocate and reconnect to a new community. Let, Thank you. One of the things that brought you to my attention is that you have a commitment to content marketing. And for people that have watched the business talk show over the years, we've been on the air since 2009, we're Orange County's longest running business talk show. They know I'm a big fan of content marketing for entrepreneurs, because I believe it's a way to differentiate yourself through your knowledge and your expertise. So can, can you discuss your approach to this marketing strategy of content marketing, Karen? Um, yeah, I, so uh, often content marketing, people think about social media. So I'm going to focus on, on social media marketing. I think that's, it's, it's a bear that most people are very intimidated by and they either, uh, you know, they, they dabble by liking things or they, um, or they just don't do any of it. And um, what, what I've learned is that the most important thing uh, that you can do is be consistent. 
So I try um, to be to be consistent, number one. And um, I started out trying to do every marketing channel, Facebook, Instagram, everything, and finally just said, okay, I'm, I'm just going to focus on LinkedIn right now because that's all I can, I can handle and I can get much better at it by, by staying on one channel. Um, and so right now I'm, as I, I work with this wonderful coach, uh, Stephen Pope, and he said, you got to build that muscle. You got to get yourself in the habit of just doing it and not just liking things, but really trying to engage in conversations. So I have a commitment um, to five, five days a week, the weekdays to at least get on and, and engage with other, with other people on LinkedIn who are influencers and try, try to put out an article a week on my blog, which I can post um, and do two posts a week. So that's my goal right now. And I'm getting towards it. Uh, but I am getting more used to knowing that every day I'm going to go on LinkedIn for some period of time and, and be consistent with it and meet other people, whether they're, you know, other business owners doing the same thing that I can learn from or, or prospective clients, whatever it may be, just building relationships. And we're going to mention your website here in a minute or two, but I can say from having read your blog posts, one, they're bite-sized and digestible. You know, that's one of the things that they're, they don't take a large investment of time, but there's a lot of content in them. So we're going to mention your website here in a couple of minutes, but I do encourage people also to take the time to look through what I believe are knowledge-based posts that you're doing on your blog. And those take time to create, right? You just, I mean, sometimes it's in your head. Other times you have to do a little bit of research and think about what's a message. But uh, I commend you for your commitment to being consistent and having a plan. So that's fantastic. You. You're welcome. I, I'm sure over time it builds momentum and it creates awareness for you in the marketplace. Um, the other reason why I wanted you on the show is, you know, I lead a mastermind community of entrepreneurs and business owners here in Orange County. And for the past, well, since May, we've been talking about delegating responsibilities to either a virtual assistant or an engagement manager or a chief of staff or depending on the size of the company, somebody uh, to help them. Because universally across my 40 plus CEOs and business owners, everybody's doing something they shouldn't do, including me. <laughs> so. With your help, we crafted a LinkedIn poll, which is still live, ladies and gentlemen. And so if you if you want to go in, we'd love to get you to give us your opinion. But the poll is about this fact. So we say many entrepreneurs and executives know that they're doing tasks they should have that should be done by somebody else. And then we ask, what are the reasons for not delegating? And, we, and with your help, we came up with trusting someone to do the work. By the time I teach someone, I might as well have done it myself. If I had a nickel for every time one of my <laughs> clients told me that, I'd have a couple nickels, certainly. Uh, the third one is I don't have the money, cash flow, to spend on someone else doing the work because technically my time is free. A lot of entrepreneurs tell me that. Or the final question or response is I don't know where or how to get started on the delegating. And so the poll results right now have 67, two-thirds of the people on the first one, trusting someone to do the work. And then a third of the responses say, I don't know how and where to get started. So of the four choices, the first one and the fourth one were the ones that people so far have said are the reasons why they haven't gotten started. So from your experience helping entrepreneurs and CEOs to take this journey, can you talk a little bit about the results of the poll and sort of your experience in helping people to get over those objections? Absolutely. I mean, when you're when you're a, an entrepreneur, when you launch a business, it's your name on the door. And the idea that somebody else is going to be representing you is very frightening. 
um, whether it's just by answering a phone for you or sending an email for you or being the customer facing uh, person to onboard the client, what, whatever it is, you want that person, you know, I, I've had many business owners say, well, the reason that they hired my company is because of me. So I need to be the one doing it. And that's, as I learned, that's not scalable. So mm -hmm. the way, um, but you also want to do it wisely. So rather than just, you know, when I talked about people who bring on a virtual assistant and just say they're going to fix it without actually going through a process of teaching them and, and training them. Um, I, th I think if you spend the time and, and I think that's really the, you know, in order to, to get the efficiency, to get somebody there to help you, you have to be, make a commitment as a business owner to spend the time communicating what's in here <laughs> to the person who you're hiring. And, that's what I really try to help business owners do because you don't, they, they don't know what you're thinking <laughs> and you know what you're thinking and you know what you want them to do and you know what you need them to do. And the reason it didn't work out last time was because you didn't tell them exactly what needs to be done. So part of the work that I do with my clients is really saying, what, let, let's really figure out what you want done and then let's, let's write it down. Let's, I mean, that's my job is to make the processes and the systems and document them so that you don't need to be the, need to be the person that, 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 that your employee is constantly reaching out to because you, you have confidence that they know exactly what you want them to do. So it sounds like you really are attacking the, I don't know where and how to get started on delegating. You give you a lot of coaching in that area and that's fantastic. How about the other one, which was, um, I don't trust. That's a that seems to me to be it's a more popular response, which doesn't surprise me because that's what I'm hearing inside the Renaissance community as well. But from your perspective, how do you help people to understand and get comfortable trusting someone else to do things that they are holding dear and important to the business, whether it's a solopreneur or a CEO running a middle market company? I, th I think it's related in that if you if you and if you communicate well to that person what you want and start small, you know, mm. don't don't give them, you know, your financial statements to do on day one, <laughs> you know, start small. If it's if it's just like going through your inbox, go, you know, if that's the thing that's keeping you know, keeping you up at night, then then just start with that. And, and as you begin to trust them in one task, then you can add others. And maybe one person is just good for one thing and then you need a specialist in something else to feel comfortable that that's getting done right. So it's you you can't trust someone if they don't know what they need to do. So it's really once you see that the person knows what they're doing, you'll feel comfortable and you'll trust them and then it will just be like this weight being lifted off of you. And and I agree with you because coincidentally we had a a peer group meeting last Friday where we ask one of our members who's been on a journey of discovery to figure out how in his business to delegate effectively to a person. And the conversation that he had was very inspiring for the other members because he was able to give them peer experience about the things he can now do stress-free, like business development, where he didn't spend the time after he had spent a whole day out with clients having to come back and work through all the things he didn't have time to do in the office because his engagement manager was doing that. So I, I have to believe in your coaching engagements with your clients. They're getting to a similar place of lower stress and more job satisfaction. That's my goal. 
I say my success is their success, really. I really, I'm really all about that. So I, I think there is, based on the conversations that we've had in the Renaissance community in Orange County since, like I said earlier this year in the summer, it, this is a pervasive problem that many of us entrepreneurs and CEOs and business owners are facing. And we need help from people like you to really get us on that journey to improve the operations of our business. Because like you said, being the person who's doing everything isn't a scalable business. That's right. So where do you go, Karen, to get access to entrepreneurs and other people's experiences and insights that help you to stay ahead of your competition and continue to grow your business? I'm a, a big follower of uh, um, podcasts. I have a, a few that I like, um, particularly that some marketing ones, which are, are really helping me now. There's one I, I love. Uh, it's uh, Everyone Hates Marketers by Louis Grenier. Uh, <laughs> he, his his uh, tagline is how to stand the F out. And um, he's very honest in your face, which is you know, I, I once heard the expression refreshingly honest. That's how I am. <laughs> if you don't want to know what, you know, if you want to hear it like it is, you come to me. If you don't want to hear it, then <laughs> I'm not your gal. Um, so I, I do that. And then I also, um, I try to, uh, I actually, I love listening to business books while I'm doing my exercise. So I'm multitasking. So whether I'm hiking or walking, um, I've got my earbuds in and I'm, and I'm listening to, uh, to different business books. Uh, most recently I read uh, um, How to Be uh, great at almost everything by Pat Flynn, which was really interesting. Hmm. Um, and then I am a member of Lunch Club, which is a networking group, uh, not really a group, rather, it's a networking matching service kind of, uh, that I meet a lot of people. Um, another online group, Revenue Climber, where I, where I met you. And right. um, hopefully soon, we'll, I'm very social. <laughs> I really hope soon we'll start doing more in-person things in, in the community. Um, and the more I learn about other people's businesses, the more it helps me in, in my business. And sometimes it's, it's prospective clients, but it may also just be someone I might collaborate with or, or partner with on some other kind of engagement. And so that's what I've been working on. Well, that's that's a great list. And uh, I'm sure there were a number of uh, points. I didn't get a chance to write them all down. Since I know you, I'll be able to debrief with you. But if you're interested in learning more about where she's going to get outside input, we're going to talk about how to connect with her here on LinkedIn in a minute. But let's talk about tomorrow, not literally tomorrow, but the future. <laughs> What's the vision for your business, Karen? I would, you know, my my at the moment, I would really love to just have, you know, a three to five great clients at a time that um, I really in enjoy working with, whose businesses I really believe in. And I imagine I'll hire a couple of people in the next couple of years as, as that I get busier. Um, I, at the moment, I don't really foresee this global scale, you know, huge scale business. I'm happy just having, you know, a a small, whether it's local or just national, um, I'm, I'm somewhat bi-coastal. So if it was just, you know, the New York, California thing, that, that would be great for me. So if someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn, let's give them how they find you on LinkedIn. And then also talk about where you're keeping your blogs, which I encourage people to read, which is on your website. Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn, Karen Bigman. Uh, I also I have a business page, but I tend to focus more on my on my personal. And then my website is my business name, SweetSolutionsByKaren.com, and I've got the blog up there. And you can contact me. You can set up a discovery call or connect with me on LinkedIn and and set up a, a meeting and just get to know each other. 
Based on the results of the poll, my direct experience with the Renaissance peer group members in Orange County and my conversations with Karen, I think a high percentage of us could benefit from talking with you and really taking a hard look at why we do some of the things that we're doing. So I would encourage our audience today, listening to us at a podcast, wherever, if you if you feel like you're too busy and the business isn't growing at the rate you want, I would encourage you to speak to Karen. So thank you, my friend, for giving a little bit of your time here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show today. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. It was really a pleasure. My pleasure, too. I'd like to thank Gottlieb Rackman Reisman, who proudly support this edition of Critical Mass Business Talk Show. GRRPC provides legal advice and guidance on all aspects of intellectual property, including patents, trademarks, and copyrights. If you'd like to learn more about GRR, simply visit their website, grr.com. And I'd like to thank you for being a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. As I said at the open, this was episode number 1,316. Wow. If, yeah, if, you, if <laughs> we are not connected on LinkedIn, please reach out to me. I'm Rick, no K, R-I-C, Franzi, like it says there. And you can visit my website, newly designed by Angelo Ponzi, rickfranzi.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.